Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith and thank you for listening. David is not here, uh, just as I have not been here for the last three weeks. And so thank you to David for, uh, for you know, carrying on without me. I, I appreciate it. Um, and he is, I think, I believe he's covering a film festival right now. He's on assignment is another thing that he would say. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be, and I think next week, I think I'm, yeah, I, I don't think he and I are recording uh, together again until I think like uh, mid-May. So uh, for those who really enjoy uh, our dynamic, uh, feel free to, you know, tune out the next few weeks. You'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and you might be able to tell from my voice that I am a little, uh, I, I got back from Africa and was, and immediately got a cold. Um I w- it was not unexpected. Uh, my in-laws who were taking care of the boys said like that they had a runny nose. And so I knew full well that uh, this is what I was walking into. So, uh, so yeah, my, my ears are plugged, which means I'm not super great with uh, uh, my volume modulation. Uh, so if I'm speaking too loud or too quietly, I apologize. Um, but yeah, and, and I won't go into too much detail about my, my trip, but it was a really a really wonderful trip. We went to South Africa and Botswana and uh, South Africa just mostly hung out in uh, Cape Town, but we went to a couple other places. Uh, And then Botswana, we went on a safari and we saw a lot of animals that got real close to the Jeep. But, you know, uh, there was a moment where we uh, were surrounded by like, I'm going to say like 70 elephants, which was kind of amazing. Uh, but we saw, yeah, we saw everything and it was a really amazing experience. And I was so, uh, excited to have, I'm so excited to have gone, uh, on there. Uh, and Jen and I have, have both expressed the same, uh, sentiment, which is like, you know, we really were excited to come back and see the kids, but beyond that, we're just like, "Ah, I just want to be back on safari. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, but it was a lot of fun and, and I appreciate once again, I appreciate David, uh, holding down the fort while I was gone. Uh, but as I mentioned, he's not here, but I decided that I should look, I can't, I can't record with someone not named David. So, uh, I decided to bring in a guest host also named David, but he prefers to go by Dave. It's Dave Platt. Dave, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm really happy to be back on the pod from extremely far away. Exactly. Yes. You, so here's the deal. Uh, you live in Cape town. So, uh, it was fun to see. I, we hung out while we were there and, uh, and it was great to see you. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I mean, pretty, you couldn't stay longer, but you know, the safari calls, I know animals are, you know, more interesting than, you know, people, urban life. Got to get out there. Got to get in the Jeep. Exactly. Yes. Uh, let's see. Are animals more interesting than people? I guess so. Yes. Uh, simply because we are not animals. And so it's, it's like, I, I have, for the most part, I have insight into like what most people are like, because I am a person, but I don't know how elephant, how elephants work or hyenas or uh, jackals or wild dogs. And you don't get these, you don't get these guys, your side. You know, you don't, they like to you don't. Yet. yeah. And it's, uh, it was just kind of crazy, like, uh, going on the safari because you just kind of, everything is, everything is special. I mean, it's special the whole time, but like when you first see an elephant, just like on the side of the road, it's like, holy shit, this is crazy. 
and then you see a lot of other ones and you're like, oh, I guess this is pretty common here. Uh, whereas in the, in the US, uh, you know, we have our own wildlife as well, but like you could spend a lot of time in the woods and maybe see one bear, you know, uh, whereas you spend any amount of time where we were and you're going to see multiple lions. Uh, and we did only see one rhino, but frankly, I wasn't expecting to see any, uh, and I was very excited. So, but, uh, but yeah, but that was after, that was after South Africa, you, you took us, uh, on a bit of a tour of the, the Bocap neighborhood and you gave us some information about your, your, uh, your home country and, it was great. You should be a, a tour guide. Thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I love to talk. I love to tell people things and facts. Um, that's sure. I guess, why I got into academia. This was just to have an excuse to stand up in front of a room and make people listen to me. Um, but it was really cool to, yeah, just to be able to share some of uh, South Africa and Cape Town specifically. Um, I was born here. I grew up here. So it's you know, I, I feel very close to the city and I don't get to share it with, you know, new people that often. So um, it was fantastic for me as well. I want to zero in on something you said that I, that, you know, uh, is, uh, I don't know when I'm, when I'm exhausted and when I'm sick, I have weird thoughts, not to mention the, uh, the anti-malaria pills that I've been taking. Uh, they, one of the side effects is like vivid dreams. And so, uh, and that is absolutely true. That is a very palpable side effect. Uh, but as a result, I also just have been, uh, uh, really curious about everything. And so the idea, when you say like, I like to tell people things, it's like, that's an interesting thing to like. I wonder, I feel like most people would say they like to tell people things, but maybe not. I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things like when, so I think Patton Oswalt had a bit where he, like he was talking about a, a comedy trailer and said like, if you like to laugh and he's like, who doesn't like to laugh? <laughs> uh, and so similarly, I just feel like, you know, there probably are some people who are like, I don't like telling people things about myself or anything else. I'd like to mostly just be quiet. So I guess it is probably a r more rare than one might think. Yeah, I mean, I like curious people. I think most of my friends are curious people. I think, you know, I'm just a, I'm a total geek. I just, you know, I love sort of diving into things. And um, yeah, and, and I just, I'm a very excitable person. Um, and I just like sharing that excitement with people. It's the kind of rush of going, oh my God, you know, there's this awesome thing. I think it's awesome. Don't you think it's awesome? And a lot of the time they go, no. Uh, and sure. everything's very deflated, but some, you know, I'll take that. It's a numbers game. Most of the, you know, sometimes I get a yes. Yeah. If they say no, you know, it, uh, cause I'm in a similar boat. So if someone says like, oh, that's not that interesting. I, you know, that's what they say. But what I hear is that's not that interesting, nor should it be Tyler. Why have you wasted your time and your effort uh, <laughs> on this thing? You are unimportant as a person. That's what I hear uh, whenever mm. someone says that something I like is not interesting. So well, I, uh, I encourage you to turn it around. And when someone says, hey, that's not interesting, what you should hear is them saying that they are not interesting. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I have a so before we jump into the, the topic, which is, you know, a little bit broad, but that's OK. Um, I wanted to ask, have you seen any movies lately? What have you been seeing? What have I been seeing? Um, I saw uh, X, the new Thai West movie, the other night. How was that? Um, 
I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was very encouraged actually by how full the cinema was, um, which mm. potentially a poor choice. Um, you know, there is still some COVID going around, but um, I, you know, for a movie like that, movies that small, you know, it's very kind of small scale, um, kind of indie horror movie um, about this crew that's sort of shooting a, a porn movie and they book themselves into this uh, farmhouse on this kind of rural farm. And uh, then, it, you know, things go south as they do in slasher movies. Um, sure. And uh, I'm a huge uh, Ty West fan and he hasn't made a movie in a little while. So just to see his movie playing all the way out here and kind of doing really well um, and having a big crowd was uh, was really cool. Um, and uh, other than that, I think I've just been in a real enjoy the old favorites uh, mm. mood. I feel like um, we talked a little bit about this when I saw you, you know, not, one's not always in the mood for, you know, new brilliant cinema. Um, yeah. Although tomorrow I'm going to see the unbearable weight of massive talent uh, with yeah. Nicolas Cage. I'm very excited for because I'm an enormous Nicolas Cage fan. Do you have a favorite Nicolas Cage performance? That is a very difficult question. I would say it is either adaptation or uh, Pig, actually. Hmm. Um I'm just so in love with uh, with his performance in that movie, and it's it's sort of I feel weird, so kind of picking the most uncage cage um, because I love the sort of operatic nature of his performances. Um, but yeah. I think adaptation and pig um, feel very sort of honest to me. Feel much more honest. I mean, in terms of the more over the top ones, I do love him in uh, Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant. Port of Call, oh, New Orleans. That's right. Um, yes. So uh, I forgot yeah, about that's that. A big, that's a big favorite. Um, I actually brought him up at work yesterday, and uh, everyone, you know, st- you know, people. There are still people out there sleeping on Nicolas Cage, and uh, it's 2022. People, um, if you are not <laughs> regarding this guy as one of the absolute maestros of the acting craft alive, um, you're just nowhere. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to that. Oh, and I saw Ambulance. That was the other thing I saw last week. Oh, um, how was that? You know, I don't know what it says about the state of movies that a new Michael Bay movie actually had me excited, and I I was just thinking, man, I ah, finally like a real filmmaker. I got to go to the cinema for this. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that speaks to how dire things are in a lot of ways. But um, because there certainly was a time when Michael Bay would have been, I would have, you know, rather sort of not seen anything than see a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Um, but um, I actually thought it was a lot of fun. I really liked the kind of drone work. I think he sort of used drone cinematography in a way that I had really seen before. Um, and uh, you're right there. And yeah, again, I, I, I have a cold, so I'm going to try and cough off mic where I can. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so it was, um, Jake Gyllenhaal was totally unhinged. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was it was very fun fluff, as with a lot of movies these days. I maybe went on slightly long. I don't know where that came from, that movies don't know how to edit themselves. But, you know, it is Michael Bay. So yeah. um, I went in you know, fully prepared for the bloat. And um, yeah, so it was great. And and I miss LA. Um, I've been away for a few months. So to see LA on screen is always something I love. I love LA movies. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it um, as a fun as a fun action flick. You know, I got to say, I, I feel like 
Jake Gyllenhaal is on a bit of a Nicolas Cage trajectory uh, as yes. an actor, like, you know, yes. a, a leading man who is I don't know if anybody ever considered Nicolas Cage to be like conventionally good, conventionally good looking, but kind of, you know, he he got leading roles in movies that were kind of OK and, and then just started going crazy. Although I guess I guess Nicolas Cage kind of I mean, even in like uh, Wild at Heart and Leaving Las uh, not Leaving Las Vegas, although that a little bit, too, but to Raising Arizona, I guess he always kind of started that way. But this idea of of just sort of going with whatever feels right, something like Prisoners or Nightcrawler or Ambulance or whatever. Uh, I feel like Jake Gyllenhaal is just becoming a more interesting actor. But I could also see people being turned off by some of his bigger choices. Yeah, sure. I mean, I you know, I love uh, commitment. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, just when you, the thing that I love about Nicolas Cage, very similar to what I love about Keanu Reeves, I think, who's a totally different actor, but is I never see movies with them where I where I didn't feel like they really, really believed in that movie. You know, they were absolutely committed um, earnestly. And I, I definitely get that. There was a while there where I thought Gyllenhaal was kind of chasing an Oscar. Um, and I sure. think he seems to have got that out of his system. Velvet Buzzsaw is another one I want to throw in where he's absolutely, uh, you know, <laughs> just i think his character's name is morph um he's absolutely insane i mean that's enough that's just a wild movie but uh i think that's a recent one of his that really stands out you know it's uh, once again just probably because i'm tired but my mind is kind of jumping around to a lot of different things but um a while back uh we had scott and i on the show and we talked about like actors as auteurs and when you you mentioned like Keanu Reeves and then Nicolas Cage and like these actors that for a long time, people were very comfortable writing off. Same, yes. And then similarly, uh, I would say somebody like a director like Michael Bay, who, like you said, like you, he was a joke for a long time uh, for movie people, but I think everything has become so even movies that I like, but I, you know, whether it be like this, the new star Wars movies or the new, Marvel movies or, or whatever it is like everything is just so samey that suddenly anything that that smacks of any kind of authorship uh, is is like, oh, that's nice. I remember this. Um, like I, I didn't see Moonfall and uh, a lot of other people didn't, but uh, I was reading some reviews and I was watching some reviews of it and they said like, you know, it's it's not very good, but at least it's Roland Emmerich. It's it's it's. Right. Yeah. It's what you what you expect from him. And he's like the only one still doing it. And so I do think that there's given enough time and even the stuff that that uh, <clears throat> people look down on, they'll start to embrace just because at the very least, at least it's at least it's unique, even if it's uniquely bad. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes me think of um, another movie to shout out that uh, I watched, not that recently, but recently-ish, was uh, Deep Water, the Ben Affleck, uh, Ana de Armas movie right. by Adrian Lyon. And that's the kind of movie, just a kind of really over-the-top kind of uh, erotic thriller for grown-ups, like trashy, uh, you know, real kind of adult thriller um, that I think used to be very common. 
Um, and now I find when I get a movie like that, I, I would just sort of seize on it with both hands, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's good. Anything that helps bring out appreciation of things that you didn't have before, I think is a good thing. And increasingly it's something that David and I will say, like usually at the end of the year, like there are, there's usually one or two movies in our uh, top 10 that we identify as by being like, this is a movie. This is a mainstream movie for grownups. Um, yes. And it's always nice when that happens. And I feel like increasingly uh, it's, it, it's rare, you know, as opposed to, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, the good old days, but I do feel like, you know, you get back to the the nineties and eighties and before that, and there were very successful mainstream movies that were made with a grown up audience in mind. Sometimes they're rated R, sometimes they're not, but like, it's, it's such a, it's so refreshing to, to run across that and be like, Oh, this is a film that, that uh, assumes my intelligence, assumes my uh, life experience and is proceeding from there. And that's always kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to Marvel's trashy adult erotic thriller. Oh man. Now, oh, now you're talking. I'm, I'm on board with that. Uh, I believe that they, uh, I don't know if you saw Eternals, but there was like a sex scene in that. Of course it was PG-13 and it was, it was very uh, sanitized. Uh, also, I didn't give a shit about anything that was happening around it, but, uh, so that, that's a problem, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, okay. So we, uh, we've killed enough time. Now let's get into the topic at hand. So something that, uh, that we have, uh, that we do from time to time is whenever I take a trip and I think whenever David takes a trip, uh, we start to become like, whenever we get back, it's, Hey, let's talk about movies about that place. Uh, and so having just went, having just gone to, um, South Africa, um, and Botswana and granted, uh, there are, there are multiple movies about Botswana. Um, but since, uh, since you've been on the podcast and, and it's always fun to talk to you, I thought like, and you have, uh, and you're from, you're actually from South Africa. I thought like, oh, you would have a, a unique take on this. So we're going to talk about movies about South Africa. They can be movies made in the country, made elsewhere. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the idea is uh, movies that are, I mean, most it stands to reason that most of them would be set in South Africa if that's what they're about. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's the, that's the topic at hand. And so I'm just going to throw it in the broadest possible sense. When I say, hey, we're going to talk about movies about South, South Africa, is there any, without even going into too many like individual titles yet, um, is, there, is there a commonality that you, that you immediately think of? Like, oh, well, this is what we're going to be talking about a lot. Um, I suppose um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is you know, things that because we're still quite a young uh, country as a democracy, our, our first kind of um, free elections were in 1994. So um, that was when Mandela became the president. So um, very much a, a country, I think, still in the process of nation building and sort of narrating its own history. So a lot of um, movies, it's, it's really only the last few years we've seen movies uh, South African movies um, move away from topics like um, apartheid and kind of race relations and um, the sort of material hardships of uh, people here. But that is naturally, I think, where most of the sort of more notable South African movies um, have been. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I sort of in my mind think of uh, South African movies and then international movies set in South Africa or about South Africa, but with international casts and then movies that film here but are not meant to be here. Those are sort of the three things that I I sure. sort of see kind of the categories because a ton of movies shoot here, um, not because they're set here, but just because um, it our country can look like a lot of different places. Hmm. Um, so I, I often find myself watching things and going, hey, wait a second. I know where that is. I was watching, I think the most recent example I can think of is fantastic movie, The Empty Man from a couple years ago. And uh, which is a horror film, and in the middle of it, uh, I was just you know James Badgedale is standing on my old university. Wow, that's sure. Um, so yeah, so I think a lot of um, a lot of the more, more notable ones um, have a kind of have sort of social themes or themes connect to identity and uh, kind of social conditions. I'd say. Yeah, it's definitely. Um... I, I am not going to presume to speak for all Americans, but uh, for myself, for a very long time in my life, if someone said, what do you know about South Africa? I'd be like, all right, um, apartheid and Nelson Mandela. That's basically yeah. it. Uh, and as <laughs> such, yeah, it's as such, it's not surprising that a lot of the, cause as I, as I was looking up, um, uh, you know, if you just Google, I, like I Googled movies about South Africa, because it's always interesting to see what Google spits out because it also will spit out like subcategories. So right. there's like dramas set in South Africa. And then it's like movies set in South Africa about racism, movies set in South Africa about apartheid. Um, and it's just like, yeah, that's, that's about right. Um, that as far as like the movies that people are interested in, are interested in, like I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, uh, the 40 year old version, which I mostly did not like, but the idea of this African-American woman, like getting funding provided she engages in what she refers to as poverty porn, um, yes. like a, a white audience watching like, Oh, I'm interested in, in, in uh, the black perspective provided of course it fits into what I already assume it is. Um, and so I do, I, I can see any, any movie, uh, that's even vaguely about South, South Africa. Like it's a lot easier to get it greenlit if it is specifically about apartheid or Nelson Mandela, because that is what your American audience knows. Uh, so I feel like that's, that's, and again, I don't, I don't want to uh, speak for the, all of, all of the U S but I do feel like that's probably true of a lot of us. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's fair enough. It's, it's, um, one thing I often try to explain to Americans is sort of growing up here and in most of the world, I think, um, you're sort of oriented towards the U.S. all the time. Um, and I'm talking sort of specifically about kind of entertainment. You know, the, the mm -hmm. shows you watch are, are the same shows that are American. The mu music you listen to is American. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of you're consuming that culture. So um, I think uh, it's natural that if you're actually coming from the US, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be sort of, yeah, you're not necessarily looking outward and tuning into the sort of goings on um, somewhere as kind of geographically remote from the US as, uh, as South Africa. 
Um, which I think is also why, you know, whenever I see movies that shoot here or if there's a character, a South African character or something, um, you know, it's 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 just, oh, my oh, my God, that's that's my guy. And, you know, it's sort of always like a weird rush and you go like, what's wrong with me? Like, why why am I reacting like this? But it, it's just this sort of a sense of recognition that I think is um you know, always, uh, I suppose, you, you know, if you come from a small town in the States and you see some movie set there, you might go, oh, wow. Or you hear it mentioned, you know, you go, hey, you know, there's the shout out. So I think there's definitely an element of um, of uh, that, of, you know, it's it's sort of rare enough that when we see ourselves, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always a thrill. But I actually wanted to ask, you know, you sort of um, maybe as a jumping off point, kind of what south african movies or movies about south africa you you sort of know or think of um because that's interesting to me the first one that i think of honestly is probably district nine um just because it's it's a it was a fairly high profile film uh it had a lot of uh it got a lot of press at the time it was uh nominated for best picture because it was that was 2009 and i think that was the first year that they had expanded beyond right, five yeah. and 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 when district nine was nominated a lot of people said like ah see this is why the oscars should have done this because now there's room for something like district nine so like that was seen as so because of that like the film was it was even more championed um yes and and i like it i think it's i think it's a good a really good movie i've not really enjoyed neil blomkamp's uh movies since then but yeah, i really like just I really like District Nine, uh, partially I think because of its lead character, uh, and and the way he's played, and that he's a comedic character who becomes tragic. Uh, so I enjoy that. Um, so that's usually the first one I think of, and then I probably there are movies that I have seen, but it's been a while. Um, a Dry White Season is a film that I watched many years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Invictus is another big one that I think was also. 2009 or 10 i don't remember yeah, yeah. but uh and then um uh cry the beloved country is a film that i saw in high school because i was just to give you an a, just to give everyone a sense of the kind of nerd i was in high school i was on a richard harris kick and uh <laughs> and so that I led know. me to see cry the beloved country um we really so, are kindred spirits indeed yes um I don't think I've ever said anything like that before is that in high school I was, I, cause I think what I, what, what was it? I think I had seen unforgiven and his role. I remember thinking that his role was so interesting because he doesn't play a big role as far as the story. It's more just about the general mythology of the West and, and him playing English Bob. And, and I was like, who is that guy? He's really interesting. So then I went and watched a bunch of movies that he was in and, uh, yeah. And uh, in retrospect, it's like, yeah, for a while, he was probably my favorite actor in high school specifically. Um, but yeah, so I saw Cry the Beloved Country. And then um, so those are so like offhand, those are the ones that I think of. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, all of them pretty mainstream, pretty high profile. Uh, maybe pretty not good. a dry, maybe not a dry white season. That's a film that has sort of been lost to time. Uh, yeah. But uh, like I, I looked for it, like where can I stream it? And I don't think you can find it anywhere, um, or at least not not uh, the way uh, not the way I searched for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, and it has a sort of underrated Marlon Brando in it, sort of uh, latter Marlon Brando, which is 
I think definitely if anyone is interested in kind of him as an actor, I think I really like the performance of his. It's it's uh, I find it really sort of restrained and thoughtful. And the accent is pretty good. I think it's a movie with generally pretty good South African accents. Um, him and uh, is it Donald Sutherland? Donald yeah. Sutherland, yeah. You know, both do a both do a pretty good job, which I appreciate. Oh, the film. Okay. So the film is, it's not part of any streaming subscription, but you can rent it on Google play and YouTube and voodoo. So you can, you can find it that way. And I remember uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but uh, I do remember, I think I watched it because I believe it was Marlon Brando's final Oscar nomination for supporting actor. Um, That's right. And so that, that intrigued me and, and I liked it quite a bit. Um, So yeah, if if anybody's interested, uh, you can check it out that way. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, glad that at least, you know, when we're naming sort of good movies. But yeah, that's the that's the sort of type of movie, I think, uh, Cry the Beloved Country, Dry White Season, Invictus, you know, I think um, it's it sort of Cry Freedom is another one in that vein that I particularly right. like uh, with uh, Kevin Klein and uh, a young Denzel Washington who plays Steve Biko, who is a major, major um, sort of figure in the struggle against apartheid. He, um, was uh, murdered by the police, um, and he he uh, is still has a, a kind of enormous kind of cultural um, role in sort of um, black consciousness here. Um, so that's that's one I I, I definitely uh, um, recommend. I really like that one, and I think in recent times used the the sort of Mandela movies. There was Invictus. There was um, one with Dennis um, um, Haysbert uh, hmm. called Goodbye. Bafana, um, which is about him when he's in prison. Then, you know, there was, of course, there's the Idris Elba um, movie. Right. So uh, I think that's, you know, we can definitely see that that's kind of the prestige uh, film. I mean, Hollywood definitely loves a sort of prestige uh, project um, yeah. dealing with these kinds of politics. And I think the South African case is particularly fruitful there. Um, Invictus is probably a the best example because it's seen i think it's sort of narrated as a kind of redemption story almost because not only is there kind of success and overthrowing this regime but um mandela is a guy whose kind of whole thing was kind of reconciliation and yeah. forgiveness and i think that also is very um you know hollywood also loves that um we often see that i think in american films as well um, uh, especially around race. A lot of them have to do with kind of people, you know, coming together uh, or having some kind of realization and sort of right. a kind of redeeming arc. So, I, yeah, I think it speaks to that. Um, of the Mandela movies, I would say Invictus is probably the best. I think it, uh, um, the two leads are both really good in it and that sports, the sporting event that it um, sort of uh, portrays is... Uh, I think they do seem to capture it really well. Um, I was quite young when it happened, but uh, it's definitely still um, the Rugby World Cup is the story for anyone that hasn't seen it. Um, South Africa hosting it and then going on to win it. And uh, um, that's very much still a part of national uh, culture because rugby is still a very big sport here. It's Invictus is such a fascinating film uh, and the choice to... It's like, okay, we've got Morgan Freeman playing Nelson Mandela. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> because because I, I, I seem to recall in an interview, Nelson Mandela said he would want Morgan Freeman to play him. Uh, in a, well, if, if someone... Feel good. 
oh of course uh and so it's like all right we got this the penguins guy what we want we want the penguins guy wasn't even right to watch the penguins oh yes that's right okay that mandela saw that i like to imagine him seeing that and going wow that's a voice i want playing I, it's, I mean, I guess, you know what, like I was about to make fun of like the idea that that is somebody's first go-to, but I do wonder if like that might've been the first film when the concept of Morgan's Morgan Freeman's voice being so just this voice of authority. (laughs) I do wonder if maybe that's where that started. Um, but uh, I like the idea that, yeah, Nelson Mandela only saw March the Penguins. He'd never heard of Morgan Freeman before that. And he's like, he goes, I don't know who this obscure actor is, but uh, I want that voice. I don't even know what he looks yeah, like. he's busy. Uh, but yeah, and I think, so this is something that David and I talk about, which is it's so interesting when you, when a filmmaker decides like, okay, rather than try and tell somebody's entire story, we're going to do a little snapshot of one aspect of their story. And within that, yes. we're going to try and sort of directly or indirectly make larger points about that person. Uh, the, our go-to is usually Capote. Um, and that, you know, yes, you could make an entire movie about his life and it would probably be very interesting, but by, but, but zeroing in on this one uh, section of his life, it's like, yeah, you can, you can, you get everything that you need um, from that. And so with, so like, as I said, like, Clint Eastwood is making a movie featuring Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela. And this was the movie they chose. And that, that I think is fascinating and kind of amazing. And I think it does. I think it's done very well for that reason. Yeah. And I think that that choice tells me that they understand something specific about this uh, situation, this moment, um, rather than, you know, just trying to do a kind of very general paint by numbers thing. I mean, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, definitely my favorite kind of biopic or kind of historical uh, um, sort of movie is, is always about, yeah, always kind of zeroing in on something as sort of specific as possible, um, which is why I think the Idris Elba uh, one didn't kind of land for me. I think it was too, it was much too broad. And, you know, if you've read the, book that it's based on his autobiography you know it's it's an it's an extremely large book um, yeah man lived quite a life so yeah i mean you know you're always fighting a losing battle trying to kind of skirt over everything uh, there but um yeah so so i think invictus does that really well and there's actually another sort of um under under uh, seen little movie called uh, endgame that um uh not of course the other endgame um, but uh, a movie called Endgame, directed by Pete Travis, um, who later shot the movie Dread. Um, in oh, Cape Town. So when I oh okay. Dread, I read it. When I see it, I recognize places that are now looking futuristic, um, but I recognize them being in the middle of Cape Town. Um, but uh, Endgame is about uh, Thabo Mbeki, who is Mandela's vice president, and then our next president. Um, it's sort of about him, and uh, he's played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, mm. and he negotiates with um, um, a man played by William Hurt, uh, and it's sort of about uh, the kind of, in the late 80s, early 90s, the sort of beginnings of the negotiations and how fraught the situation was as the liberation movement, the ANC, started to negotiate with the white go- uh, government, and it started to become clear that, okay, something... This is this is going to change. Um, and it, uh, 
kind of is a good uh, dramatization of that, I think. Um, although from what I hear about the production of Dread, I think Pete Travis regrets his uh, <laughs> enduring connection with South Africa thereafter. Sure. Um, but but that's a that's a nice little one that's kind of underappreciated. Um, that was kind of there was a wave of these. There was a Catch a Fire with Tim Robbins, right? Um, and uh, a movie called uh, Red Dust with Hilary Swank, also with Chiwetel Ejiofor. Hmm. Um, so I think that what it, it sort of came in the two thousands. There was a, a kind of wave of sort of Hollywood um, uh, movies, kind of uh, smaller scale dramas about about South Africa that usually involve a sort of a journalist or um, you right. know, a politician or some, or there's, you know, there's some kind of uh, aspect that kind of brings the international audience in, in some way. Oh yeah. And, and that reminds me of, of, of a film in 2004 uh, that I watched uh, called in my country, which has uh, yes. Samuel Jackson. And I want to say, is it Juliette Binoche? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, I, I, I don't remember much about it, but I remember thinking it was pretty good. And you're right. Like there's just, there, there seems to be like in the two thousands, because as you mentioned, like we're not that far removed from uh, N- N- uh, Nelson Mandela, like coming into, into power. That sounds negative, but um, you know, <laughs> being elected. Uh, so yeah, there, there were a lot of movies uh, during this specific time. Uh, and I don't know how many of them are good. Is Catch a Fire good? Um, it's all right. It's been a long time since I saw it. Um, but I remember it being, you know, all right. It's Philip Noyce. I usually like him. That is true. Yes. And he's another one who then came back and shot more movies here that were meant to look like science fiction places, hmm. the giver and other things like that. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I think it's these movies all, you know, it's, it's, it's tough for me in some ways because when I watch them um, there's a sort of almost a broadness to it. Um, watching American actors or actors from anywhere. And in this case, they're American, um, try, you know, trying to play something that, to me feels incredibly specific and I I know the types of people they're trying to play. And, you know, it's so difficult, I'm sure, as a performer to, to you know, overcome the distance between you as a person who comes from somewhere totally different and this character who you are sort of supposedly trying to authentically play and kind of live in. Um, and I think that that's definitely a movie where the, that sort of the gap there is a bit big, where I, I can mm. still see the kind of um, the Hollywood a little much. Yeah. Decent movie, though. And then uh, did you see uh, In My Country? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, based on I probably like that a little more, um, but I sort of different kind of movie, I suppose. But that's um, uh, based on a very sort of quite a significant book that was written here um, called Country of My Skull um, by a sort of very significant South African writer. Hmm. Um, so I remember watching that movie uh, in school. Uh, I, remember, I remember watching it in a, uh, in a middle school or high school class. I forget hmm. exactly when it came out. Um, yeah, and I mean, I liked it. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, I think, is in that one as the journalist or as an American. Yeah. He's not playing a South African, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned that that uh, that 
in movies like this, there's usually a journalist from elsewhere uh, who is yeah. like trying to uncover something. And that's clearly like the American in point. Jennifer Connelly in Blood Diamond is another good example, I think. Although DiCaprio sort of is playing that role in his own way, you know, bringing you into the, he's sort of the outsider in his own way. Um, Man, I forgot, I forgot about Blood Diamond, even though when you and I had dinner a couple of weeks ago, we talked at length about Blood Diamond. Um, <laughs> and yet I just forgot about it. That is one that, um, you know, I, I think certainly here, the, the biggest legacy of it is the DiCaprio accent. Yeah. Um, is very intense. Um, but it does have its moments, Blood Diamond. I mean, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, he's playing, you know, again, a sort of a type um, that's, uh, you know, he's Rhodesian, as he says in the, in the movies from uh, Zimbabwe, uh, but uh, very much playing a sort of type of uh, white um, person that uh, feels very recognizable, I think. And I know that he hung out with a lot of South Africans and he said that, you know, when they were drunk, he was sort of basing his character on, on how mm. they would be when they were drunk, which I, I think is uh, really interesting. And you can, you can kind of tell, but I always feel that, you know, you can sort of see if a character, if an actor has a, uh, you know, really kind of uh, manages to, uh, to get it. One of my favorite South Africans in movies, and I don't know, there are two South African, there are two performances of South Africans um, of kind of foreign actors playing South Africans in movies that I particularly love. Um, and they're both Brits. Um, one is Daniel Craig in Munich. Um, mm. And the other one is uh, Andy Serkis in the Marvel movies playing Ulysses yeah. Claude, who's never explicitly stated, I don't think, as being South African, but he 100% is. And that is a case where Andy Serkis like, definitely knows that type of guy because that is, mm. a, that is a type of guy. <laughs> so those I really love, yeah. That's very interesting. Now, what what type of guy is that? You know, just the sort of real kind of, uh, you know, uh, man's man kind of very cynical, um, very very cynical. Where's the his? Where's that cynicism as kind of a badge of honor? Yeah. Um, um, much like DiCaprio does in Blood Diamond, I think you know, um, wears it as a sign of his worldliness. You know, a guy who's ah, no, I've seen everything. Nothing can surprise me. Sure. Don't worry. Anything you've done, I've done. Let me show you. You know, uh, always kind of has a cheeky sort of smile. Not really taking anyone too seriously. Um, you know, I think uh, that's that's something that I definitely recognize and really enjoy. I mean, I'm a huge fan of of uh, Andy Serkis as that character. He is he is a good character, and and I remember being kind of bummed that uh, he uh, his fate goes the way it does because it's like oh yeah, man yeah. that's a character I, I like I like the idea of this character being a guy who just shows up from one movie to the next and it's like you just cannot stop him like he's just like oh. a cock a cockroach I really wanted that to be him but that's okay um, alas alas uh, can I so, which is in the 2000s, I think probably the best of all these movies set in South Africa is the movie Stander with Thomas Jane. Um, oh, I, I have not seen it. Which is, uh, that's a really fun movie um, about a cop who becomes a bank robber based on a true story. Hmm. Um, this police officer, Andre Stander. Now in the movie, and I think this speaks to what we were talking about a bit earlier, in the movie, it's sort of intimated that he uh you know part of the reason he 
kind of robs banks that he goes from sort of being a police officer um to robbing banks um is sort of his you know dissatisfaction uh the disillusionment with apartheid and his job as a cop um sure. and that kind of he's kind of like you know well i don't want to do this anymore um and sort of decides to become an outlaw um and it's a yeah it's a really fun movie i, I would definitely recommend it i haven't seen it in a long time but i i remember really liking it um but i think that's a really interesting kind of a uh, bit of poetic license because as far as i understand in real life there wasn't really a dynamic you know i don't know what kind of guy andre stander was um certainly probably did some not very good things as a uh, one of the apartheid kind of police force but uh you know his sort of robbing banks was much more you know it was just old fashioned uh i want to rob some banks uh, right. make some yeah. money and kind of having a way in and yeah so it's about him and these cops who become bank robbers so that's a really kind of fun treatment but you know where they still work in the angle of of kind of the uh racial redemption i think because probably because it would be difficult to <laughs> root for a guy you know if if the movie starts off establishing him as kind of a um a guy sort of shooting you know right kind of people in the street and living yeah doing what he does i i remember so okay like i was working in a blockbuster and i can i can absolutely picture the dvd cover of stander <laughs> and it does not like it looked like a, a you know a straight to dvd nothing movie um i i never gave it a second glance uh i don't recall people renting it very often and it's like oh it's thomas jane like yeah he's probably it, it was around that time like uh, yeah he was the punisher but uh, he probably was not a, a above being in some some uh, straight to dvd movies um, and so like, yeah, so I've not thought about that movie again. I haven't seen it, but like, I haven't thought about that movie in many, many years. I had no idea that this is what it was about. And it's, and, and also the cover is just so boring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it's, I know you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover or a movie by its cover, but, uh, when it's a movie that, uh, that people don't know anything about, like, the cover might be the only chance you have. Uh, and I remember the stander cover was not, uh, not jumping out at me. Yeah. Well, I will say a couple of things. Great mustache, at least in the beginning of the movie, I think he has a good mustache. I think he gets rid of it at some point. Cause you, if you rob banks, you gotta look, you gotta look more, I don't know, devil may care. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I just look, I, I really like him as an actor uh, personally um and uh it's i think it's probably the best thing that he's done sort of as an actor um oh, wow so uh yeah yeah so so i think that's that's a fun one as to i i would sort of that goes with kind of district nine and the fun pile uh movies that are kind of doing although again obviously very much a movie that has at its core um at district nine i'm talking about you know uh, the kind of uh, allegory and sort of still dealing with kind of apartheid um and that legacy uh but yeah so so i think we're seeing more and more you know standard was kind of one of the earlier uh movies that was trying to do something a bit uh slightly different yeah i've 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 pulled up uh stander and i'm just looking at some some images and uh, immediately realized that you know if if uh somebody ever wanted to make a movie that was like a biopic about uh, christopher lambert uh you should yeah. cast thomas jane uh because good <laughs> lord Good lord. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh they're they're sort of in the same face family. 
Um, but yeah, so I did want to say, having watched District Nine uh, and seeing the uh, the 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 town uh, townships, right? Is that the name? Is yeah. that the, the the correct term? Uh, yeah. In that in that film, uh, and I do remember when we first arrived in Cape Town, and we were driving from the airport to our uh, our Airbnb. And we passed the like a uh, township and it was very striking because yeah. it's just, it's fascinating that, you know, we're driving towards a, a city that looks like any other modern city, but then like w- a stone's throw away is this community. That's like a bunch of shacks and all that. Uh, and it's, it, it's so jarring uh, to see. Um and because like, I think, I think when I saw district nine, whether I was consciously aware of it or not, I think part of me just assumed it was a bit of a, of an exaggeration, uh, but it really was not. And it was really fascinating to me to see like this movie that uh, is kind of showing a, a type of dystopia and it's like, oh, but it's not this dystopian future. It's a dystopian present. Uh, and that was really that was really interesting for me, and and obviously uh, a little bit uh, heartbreaking as well. Well, absolutely. I mean, I definitely think, as um, I think I said to you, you know, that's it's sort of. Um, I think it's good that you sort of have to drive uh, that kind of route, and and that you sort of see that on your way into the city because you sort of can't escape that kind of. Um, it's a very loaded word, especially in the American context, segregation. But right. uh, I, I definitely. You know, um, the sort of colonial city is very much built with um, in the inner city is sort of kind of for people who are mostly white and uh, more wealthy and kind of the further out you go, um, you know, into the townships, you know, that's very much where people who are not white live. And, um, you know, Cape Town in particular is still a city where I think that segregation is 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 particularly felt. Um, so, you know, and, and that's something that's very kind of uh, contested at sort of local level is kind of housing people and, and how you fix that. You know, it's a hell of a thing to um, when it's been per- perpetuated for decades and decades, it's a hell of a thing to to try and um, uh, uh, kind of fix. But, uh, yeah, so so uh, District 9 definitely, I think, kind of brings that reality um, to the fore, uh, which is interesting to compare to a movie like, you know, Tsotsi, which uh, won, uh, won the Oscar, obviously, and is that, that's a very, that's kind of, you know, a very kind of sort of realistic movie in inverted commas, you know, in terms of trying to portray a world that feels very realistic, um, and District 9 is about aliens. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's just as accurate in terms of the conditions. Um, and at the time, I think, um, that was definitely something that sort of resonated uh, here, um, especially because when it came out, it actually came out at a time when there was a lot of tension between South Africans and kind of African immigrants from other mm. countries. And there was a lot of violence that was breaking out um, where people, you know, had because a lot of people immigrate here um, just because the economy is stronger than uh, many other African countries. So people come here for work. Um, and unfortunately, um, it uh, is an ongoing issue here. Um, the tension and uh, xenophobia. So that was actually, it's not only the metaphor that functions kind of on a sort of an apartheid level, but um, also uh, 
on that level, it's also kind of portraying, I think there's an added layer to it, um, watching it as a, someone who lives here, um, that it's also kind of bringing up a, a situation like that um, hmm. in, in, in kind of really real terms. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely a movie. When that came out, I vividly remember going to the cinema and seeing it and um, just, you know, there, there was just this enormous amount of kind of recognition. And, and I think everyone in that cinema watched with a huge smile uh, on their face, uh, despite the subject matter, just because, you know, we sort of couldn't believe what we were seeing. And the main character who you mentioned, Vickers, um, just the way he speaks, you know, that right. is, again, it's a, he is sort of playing a type of guy. He's, he is, and, and that's so recognizable, the accent, the speech, the speech patterns, the mannerisms, um, some of the phrases he uses. Um, so that, you know, there was an enormous amount of kind of recognition there. And that is always the movie that people bring up now. Um, oh, of course. You know, when when you talk about South African movies, I mean, it's always that one, um, which I suppose makes sense, um, just given the sort of the size of it and the success of it, kind of the sort of surprising success of it at the time. Um, yeah, but uh, well, and it, as I movie. also as I'm go, looking go at, but oh, sorry, go on. Movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no, go for it. Um, and as I look at like this, uh, this slate of, of movies that people uh, sort of most associate with South Africa, District 9 is the only genre film. And yes, so, and of course, that's, that's going to make the jump. If it's, if it's done well as a sci-fi, which I think it is, um, and as a very dark comedy as well, um, then yeah, that, that's, there's just something to be said for like, genre film like it's it is often the best way maybe not best but it's it's one of the more effective ways to communicate something to people and so yeah i'm not surprised that for a lot of people including myself when they if they think of south africa they think of it through the lens of district nine first uh and it's like yeah that's what you can do with that's what you can do with genre film because if not for that uh people might not have any image of it at all um so it's like it's yeah. it's better that than nothing, I suppose. Well, no, I think that that's true, and 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 I mean, I totally um, am on board with the idea that you know, with a genre film, you can say things and do things that you can't do, kind of dead on if you're going straight at something very often. And I think for people here, we're sort of confronted with kind of the difficulties of kind of you know a lot of aspects of kind of the, the country, and 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 you know, life is life is hard, and you know, social problems are real life here so sometimes to see it kind of come through a different lens you're able to sort of let your guard down i think and kind of uh, be affected by it um which is which is i think a great thing i mean we are seeing more genre films um coming from south africa which i do like um the first movie that i actually saw when the pandemic when cinemas opened in la um kind of during the pandemic the first movie i went to see was a horror film um called gaia uh, which hmm. is sort of this weird small scale uh, eco little eco horror movie um, but this woman who finds herself kind of sort of more or less trapped in a, you know she gets injured exploring in these woods and finds herself trapped in this cabin with this kind of survivalist and his son and um, kind of weird weird stuff starts happening bit of body hmm. horror bit of kind of interesting stuff so um, we're getting movies like that more and more um, that are kind of doing more out there things which uh yeah i i'm personally super excited for it was always something when i was growing up that i was really kind of craving and i think 
I know a lot of my contemporaries who are now active in the film industry here. Um, it's definitely something they want to take forward. Um, we're seeing kind of Westerns coming from here hmm. uh, and, and science fiction and horror. And because um, comedy has always been very big here in terms of South African movies, especially in terms of South African audiences. We definitely love comedy <laughs> uh, in this country. And uh, um, I think that it's nice to see things branch out into these other genres. There was a Western a few years ago called Five Fingers for Marseille, uh, which I, I really liked, a weird little indie movie. And uh, yeah, so, so that's something that I think um, hopefully will continue to be cultivated and um, probably something that streaming has helped. Sure. Um, I think in terms of finding a home for these movies, it's probably easier, you know, Netflix um, produce a lot of stuff for the market here, a lot of South African movies and shows. Mm. Um, they have a decent selection there. And I think that probably um, we're, much, we're a much more TV oriented culture here, I think, than film oriented. So um, uh, the advent of streaming, I think, will help. Yeah, just just kind of getting more different films to people um uh yeah which as a science fiction guy uh hoping that's where it's at yeah that sounds that sounds great that's always you know it's and it goes to something that we've talked about before which is a lot of film people uh really decry the the existence of streaming as like oh it'll kill the theatrical experience and all that it's like well i i think we're seeing that that's not necessarily true but at the same time like it also means that movies are getting made that may not otherwise have been made. Um, and that itself is, is very, is always very exciting. And, and, you know, if it, if it helps to stimulate uh, the film industry in South Africa and get more of those stories out there uh, and uh, more genre films coming out of there, then by all means, like uh, streaming is, I think a, a, a very much a net positive. Um so uh, now we should we should start to wrap up, um, but uh, are there any films that we've not talked about that you feel like you 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 want people to see for whatever reason? It's just a it's a it's like a really good movie, or B you feel like it 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 communicates like what South Africa is really well. Uh, are there any films that we haven't mentioned that uh, that that you would recommend? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a few that I'd recommend. I think. Um... You know, there's there's a few South African movies that have made it to the Oscars and and uh, been nominated or won um, and have won at kind of festivals. And I think um, you know those those tend to be the only ones that kind of make it out. And one of those, a movie that won, um, I think it won the Golden Bear at Berlin in sort of 2005 or six. Just talking about townships, actually, that's what made me think about this. I wasn't thinking about it before, um, but a movie called Ukaman Ekaelicha, which is um, uh, set in a township. Kailicha is a, um, the biggest township uh, in Cape Town. Um, uh, must uh, definitely over a million people. And uh, um, uh, it's sort of a rendition of Bizet's opera Carmen um, set in this township. And mm. uh, so I know that won't be for everyone, but I think it's a very striking movie. And uh, so that's something that I think is very interesting. Um, probably my favorite South African movie is a movie from the 80s that's probably difficult to find. Um, I haven't actually checked, called Mapansula. Um, and uh, it's from, I think, 1988. 
And uh, that movie, that's a movie about like a sort of small time thief, a pickpocket who ends up in prison. And in prison, he's sort of, even though he kind of has wanted nothing to do with trying to fight for freedom, for his people's freedom, he's sort of confronted with the fact that the police are still trying to frame him for doing that. And it doesn't really matter. And he's forced to kind of reckon with, you know, whether he wants to kind of pursue his own kind of criminal enterprises and, and think about himself or whether he wants to do what's right for the struggle and to kind of hmm. participate in this fight. And I think that, that that kind of gets at something really, uh, I think, um, yeah, just um, very, very rich, I think. Um, that, uh, yeah, I particularly like. Um, I mean, the movies that I've mentioned so far, I think, um, are movies I, I think people will like. Um, I've tried to mention them come from different genres. Um, you know, a South African movie actually just won at the Oscars last year, which I actually was really not like, not yeah, not the ones that just happened, the previous ones, which I actually was very upset about because it beat um, a much better film, <laughs> which was the movie My Octopus Teacher, which ah, is yes. a, a strange documentary. Um, and, uh, you know, that it comes after uh, Searching for Sugar Man, which is another documentary that won a few years ago, which is a movie that uh, I think is a real kind of crowd pleaser um and uh is sort of about this musician an american musician who um this was a kind of folk musician called rodriguez who uh, really never had a career in the states kind of lived his life in obscurity um and kind of never really made anything of himself and unbeknownst to him all this time his music was incredibly popular here um, hmm. during apartheid and he you know this massive cult following people love this guy and uh it's a really beautiful movie of, of just people you know documenting in south africa how this came about that this guy became so popular and then kind of cutting from that to his life in um detroit i think it is you know really not having a lot of means you know kind of living a really um very working class life to put it you know mildly and uh uh, him, his kind of his discovery of his own sort of stardom in this far flung country, and I think that you know it's it, there's a reason it, it kind of t t took off in the way that it did. So yeah, so that's a really good one. And um, uh, one more that I, I I think is really great is um, uh, a movie called Come Back Africa. Um, uh, actually, I'm going to give you two more. One okay. is called Come Back Africa. Um, which is a movie that was shot in the 1950s, the late 50s. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite movies that's about South Africa. And uh, it's uh, because of what it was filming, um, just this kind of social life it was filming, the fact that it, it was filming kind of, it was a white filmmaker filming black subjects, very not okay. Um, and so the footage kind of had to be shot in secret and smuggled out of the country. Hmm. Um, and it took a long time then for it to kind of be finished and put together. And uh, the result of that is, is uh, just a, a really moving uh, film that uh, is just such an, an incredible insight into, um, yeah, what life was like uh, in the 50s um, for, in particular, uh, Black South Africans. It's, it's 58 or 59. Um, and it's just about this uh, farmer, a uh, black farmer who kind of leaves the country and goes to the city, to Johannesburg, um, which is a sort of big, it's very much South Africa's New York. Hmm. Um, and 
uh, yeah, it, it's it's a remarkable movie that I think um, will give people great insight. Um, and uh, I would also encourage people to check out, you know, kind of South African crime movies um, if they like kind of gangster stuff. Jerusalem uh, is one which may or may not be on Netflix. Jerusalem okay. um, and a movie called Joe Bullet. I, I, I sing this movie's praises all the time. And, uh, you know, in the 1970s, it's like a black exploitation movie. If you're a fan of kind of black exploitation or sort of 70s style exploitation, it's a really, really, um, it's like black exploitation landed in South Africa um, about this private eye kind of going around, um, kind of helping people and and kind of fighting crime. And it came out of this movement where uh, the government, who obviously didn't want black and white audiences to watch movies with one another, decided to set up this industry to make low budget black movies you know movies with black casts for black audiences and they weren't given a lot of means and it was kind of meant to enforce separate development and segregation but what actually happened is uh, they made some pretty badass movies um, and they're really cool and, and it's just cool to see a, a South African movie set in black spaces with black actors from that time so Joe Bullet uh, it's from the 70s um, that's one to look out for um, yeah so so yeah I'll give I'll leave it on that all right. Yeah. I was, uh, I pulled up Joe bullet on uh, just watch and uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh, the uh, film detective has it and you can also rent it on Amazon. Uh, but I was looking at the synopsis uh, and uh, there's a, a, a sentence here in the middle that I enjoy where it says, Joe will have to battle against villainous henchmen, escape booby trap bombs and bring his martial arts expertise to the fore in order to survive an attack from a deadly assassin. It's like, yes, yes. Of course, he will have to do <laughs> all of that, and we've got to watch it. Yeah, so yeah, that's big fan. Caught it on late night TV here um, one night, and have been obsessed ever since. All right. Well, this uh, we got a lot of good recommendations out of this, so I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so listeners, uh, you have your you have your work cut out for you. Go and and check out these movies that Dave has talked about. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Uh, as, absolute pleasure. as far as uh, the, sh- the website and stuff, David usually does this. So I'll try to remember it all. Uh, you can find us at battleship You can follow him on Twitter at Davy pretension. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyler pretension. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook. Uh, Dave, where can people find, can people find your work online? Uh, at the moment? Uh, no, I would say no. At the moment, I'm just focusing on finishing my PhD and figuring out what the next step is here and working on film projects here. So hopefully the stuff that I'm working on right now is going to come to fruition uh, pretty soon. And then those will be new pieces of South African cinema. Sure. Uh, I can share with everyone. That's exciting. Uh, all right. Well then we'll go ahead and leave it there. Uh, once again, Dave, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Have me back again. Come back to South Africa. I'm on my way. Uh, All right. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye.